From the PSIA AASI studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair and the next in our 60th anniversary series for PSIA. When PSIA's seven founders sat down to form the Professional Ski Instructors of America back in May 1961 at Big Mountain in Whitefish, Montana, they had one goal, and that was to create a standard of consistency for ski instruction that would help draw new participants to the sport from across the nation. And now, six decades later, PSIA ASI teaches everyone how to enjoy more than just alpine skiing, but we're welcoming every snow sports discipline, ability, and person to slide on snow. And each winter, PSIA ASI members embrace the opportunity to create lifelong adventures through education. And today, we're covering one of the six of our most notable teaching benchmarks from the past 60 years. Grant Nakamura and Marie Russell Shaw are joining us to talk about kids' instruction and JETS. Grant, Marie, welcome to the show. Good to be with you, George. Yeah, good to be here. Now, Marie, JETS, I'm assuming we're not talking about airplanes. Correct. <laughs> what does JETS stand for? It's the Junior Education Team. Ah, okay. That That's taken care of, so we can talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> so, Grant, when we were talking about this series, it, one of the benchmarks that we really hit upon was children's instruction and how that changed and really came to be a big part of what we do. Um, what are your thoughts on, on when children's instruction really became a big part of, of PSIA? And Marie, please feel free to jump in. Well, I started teaching back in the early 80s. And in our ski school at Buck Hill in Minnesota, the kids were a huge part of our programming. I mean, both the walk-in and the seasonal lessons. And um, so I think it even predates uh, predates me. But um, the focus started to change as to how, uh, how to how to be more focused on, on kids and their special needs. Um, and that's kind of what snowballed into, into what uh, we have now. Marie. Yeah. And, and I started teaching in the seventies. <clears throat> um, hard to admit. Um, but in, and at that time, this is when the skills concept, I think is one of the, another part of these articles was a big, Thing that was coming up and at that time the emphasis was on teaching skiing and then the people part was secondary and I think what happened is between the 70s and into the 80s um, where so much of what we were doing at PSIA was um, focused on certification and the what happened and in that certification process began with and for me, actually, it began with the associate, which became the level two eventually. Um, but you were trained to teach, um, inst or your, your certification was to help people learn how to move through the progressions of skiing. So the ultimate goal, or a level three, or in my case, a full certification, was to teach the highest level of skiers. And often that whole certification process was focused on adults. Yet so much of the business was actually 
teaching kids. And teaching kids were what most of the first year new hire instructors did. So the prestige of teaching kids was at the lowest, lowest level of professional development, if you will. So it's, it's very interesting that, that things started to change. And by the, and by the eighties, there was a big recognition of what was, what did they call it? The teaching partnership and that people, the people part of ski skiing and snow sports, because at that point, the snowboarding action was coming in too, was it's just so so recognizing that the people were teaching people was what we were doing and teaching people snow sports rather than teaching the snow sport as being the the start of all of that so the emphasis um became hey let's bring the people in and one of the largest groups of people that we work with are kids and that's sort of when i think the press was on to um, do a much better job training instructors and um, helping ski schools to train instructors to teach kids. You know, I remember a big part of this in 86 when I started teaching was Skiwi. That was huge at that time. Um, did that have an, a, an impact on PSIA or how we teach? Grant? Oh, de yeah, definitely, George. The Skiwi was a leader in um, helping ski schools um, build a program for kids. I mean, they, they had progress cards and curriculum and the whole way of looking at the kids as a separate population and how, how we could uh, train our instructors. Both Marie and I were part of the Skiwi National Clinic team, and we were uh, tasked with going to the ski areas around the country to train their instructors on on the Skiwi program and how to teach uh, lessons for children. And I think that was a real great predecessor to what happened with PSIA and, and uh, founding the, the JETS. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Um, and also it was, it was um, a big part of, because Skiwi was a ski magazine program of uh, PSIA Aussie, which it soon after became, um, that of, of collaborating with all of the parts of the ski industry, the magazines, the, the other kinds of parts, and, and all of us working together to, to, do, to do good stuff for the industry as a whole. Um, because, you know, for the most part, PSIA and Aussie were volunteer organizations, and it was great to have someone like ski magazine say hey there's a real need for this kind of thing and to work directly with the ski schools to develop um programs that were easily used within a ski school program to bring along kids instruction and their their idea as all of us was to grow the sport because where does it begin but with kids now marie you said it was uh kind of hard for you to admit that you began teaching in the 70s, but we all know that you were the youngest Jet ever to start oh, teaching in the 1970s. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so tell us about, was it kind of revolutionary to actually bring in junior instructors who are so greatly appreciated now by every ski school staff I've ever been a part of? You mean bringing in the younger kids? That, yes. Um, yeah. 
you know, the, the funny thing is that um, the, the name of Junior, the Jets Junior, junior Education Team, was a misnomer because none of us were that young. Um, so they're kind of two different, <laughs> kind of two different entities. Um, uh, you know, a lot of ski schools did use young. Is that what you're talking about? Absolutely. Young, young people. Yep. You know, and and they were they had some it, using using young instructors helped with a ski instructor ski school's need for people that could work with young children and also um or 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 just just having the numbers to work with kids it was just a man manpower issue um and also the younger people were in the hadn't been tainted by the professional development of (laughs) of being like oh teaching kids is lower class work you know they they were happy for the work Gosh, I have to think of those ski schools. So when I was, I was a supervisor working with some of these young kids, and it was scary because you're putting kids out with this huge responsibility to care for other kids with limited information and limited um, experience, world experience. So how to do that in a way that I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't be saying this, um, how to do that in a way, using those young people you know, accelerated the need for having good training programs because um, they had, you had to, their, what they, their base of knowledge was even less than someone that would be a little bit lower, older, just their life experience was so much less, yet the responsibility that you were placing with them was every much as big as it would be for an older person. Um, I have to laugh though, the Jets, you know, all of these names that you come up with for um, working with kids, um, I have to, because I was definitely not a young person when I became a Jet, but I was not a junior in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> even at that time. Um, and, and the, but the funny thing is, is that the first team, first junior education team was, um, was I should say, assembled. But it, it felt more like assembled than selected because it was um, it was selected by the children's um, committee, the PSIA children PSIA yeah it was PSIA at that time children's committee and that was in 1989 I think and they basically chose the committee brought together a bunch of names of people from throughout the country and tried to balance by skills. Um, things that they brought to the table, as well as um, they tried to split it between men and women, because a lot of the kids' experts were women, because, and, and we, we can go into that too, in the hierarchy of professional development, but um, that it, it was great to have, they, they picked guys that were interested and in kids specialists in their own right, as part of that group. And then the other part of that selection was making sure that these folks were also high up in their education and certification programs in their division clinic clinicians and examiner programs so that they were people that were well-rounded in the industry um and it was a uh, it was pretty funny but that first group was called children's educators or children's I can't remember. It didn't last very long. And then they came up with jets to try to make it more fun. 
but the first one was the first name was pretty clinical. Was that Advanced Children's Educator? You know, no, that was that's a that was a certification. Um, yep. And Rocky. So, so that was a designation that you had gone through a a, a certification or a, a accreditation. accreditation program. Um, but no, the the first name of the Jets. Uh, let me let me see if I can. This okay. is article. So Grant would have, would they have been the gliders instead of the Jets? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so how did Advanced Children's Educator turn into CS1, CS2? Uh, things like that for the uh, okay. that process. Yeah, the, the so the divisions kind of pick those those names, and then uh, the the children's committee back in the late '90s started going. You know, we should make this more of a national concern, and so we batted that around for forever, and then. Uh, the Jets decided to, and the National Children's Committee at the time decided that we were going to do a um, a children's educators accreditation in in uh, Intermountain Division in lieu of what we used to do, which was a National Children's Symposium. And so we kicked it off at Park City, and all the attendees there. We basically went through this curriculum. Uh, of uh, kind of ad hoc standards that we had created. And then everyone that attended and went through the process got a, got a certificate. So that was kind of the birth of it as a national thing, but it was sponsored by the Intermountain Division. And then that just kind of simmered for a while until 2008 when the um, National Children's Task Force was created for, with representatives from around the country from each division. And at that time, uh, the Jets were no longer uh, a team and part of the national team, but we, uh, but I was a member of the uh, Education Advisory Council, which was kind of like this, I don't know, a bunch of people from each division and uh, some of the national team members or national team coaches that would get together mostly by conference call and talk about things. And we decided that it was time to look at uh, doing some accreditation or credentialing. We, the, the semantics of it were, was a big concern. And so then we came up with the, um, uh, the, well, the task force came up with the idea of the children's specialists one and two, and then sat down with creating the standards for that credentialing program. Now, I've heard this from enough people that I want to run it by you and just see if you think it's uh, has any re reality to it, which is I've heard people say that, you know, they really feel like going through level one, level two, level three really helped them develop as skiers and snowboarders. But going through the CS1, CS2 process was really beneficial to them becoming better teachers. Does that ring true? Absolutely. I, I think so, because our focus in in developing the standards for CS1 and CS2 as a task force was to focus on the people skills and the teaching skills, because we took for granted that the skiing skills were there because of the prerequisites for, you know, certification 
to be able to take a CS1 and then a CS2. So he kind of took the, you know, the, the movement skills and the technique skills for granted and mostly assess their ability to apply those um, skills in their teaching uh, of, uh, you know, it directed at children's at a certain age or development level and such. And so I think as you go through those processes, you become a great teacher. And it, and it goes along with, my, with what, what I believe um, all along, and as, as my stump speech for when I was trying to get on the Jets, it was that I think children's instructors are the best teachers on the planet because they have to teach and then the skills come next. So that's my, that's my opinion. <laughs> that's exactly, that was a great answer, Grant. Now, question for both of you, uh, the children's manual, we've just come out with teaching children's snow sports. How was that first children's manual put together? What kind of work went into that? That must've been a huge undertaking. Um, y yes. And I had the, uh, pleasure of being the lead, lead um, and this was the first um, general manual uh, that that um, wasn't a, a you'd say was a association piece. There had been other manuals that we had had available to ski instruction prior to that. Um, there's the big manual that was written by Carol Workman and and yeah, and it was this big Bible thing that came out and was honestly intimidating to a lot of kids' instruction or in instructors. Um, uh, one of the early one of the early Jets members was John Alderson, who was from the from Vale at the time, and he'd written some really creative, great little inspiring manuals that would help kids instruct instructors get into the right frame of mind, if you will, that would be really helpful for good instructors to have fun with kids. They were great pieces um, and and several other things. And then Alexandra um, Smith wrote a kids specific child development manual that was from the work that we had been doing in the and from with the Jets that gave a background on kids development because that was the thing that was so important in teaching kids. And that's where the CAP model, um, cognitive, affective, physical development portions uh, came from in order um, in, in working with children and in teaching in general. And then we came up with the kids manual <clears throat> that followed that um, children's instruction, a really creative name, but um, <clears throat> that we took the manual from, and it was it was split up into um, there were a number of people that worked on it and I was I just happened to be the one that was leading the charge I guess if you will and we used the portion of the early manual that um, that Alexandra had put together as a description of what kids bring to the partnership again this was based from the American teaching system um, building what we do with kids and putting that in the same language that we were using throughout. PSIA. So at, uh, Alexandra's portion of this went into the first part that talked about what kids bring to the partnership. And then the part that, about what instructors brought to the partnership was what our ways of working with those needs of kids. 
cognitive, how they think, um, affective, how they feel, what motivates them, and then their physical needs as they grow and develop. And then the latter portion, and we have got to include some great things like how to be creative and how to work with parents and some other things in that manual as well. And then the last three portions were um, specific to, um, this, to the needs of each sport, alpine, nordic, and snowboard. And we were able to work through basically, okay, here it is. If you read this, at least you've got some ideas of what to do with kids at the levels of instruction as well as, or the levels of, of growth through the sport, as well as at specific ages. And um, so it worked out, it was great, but I've seen the other manuals since. And the best thing about all the stuff that we do in all of these, throughout, or what I've gotten through PSIA and through Ozzy, is that you start somewhere, and then someone else takes that ball and adds the next layer to it. And someone else takes the ball and adds another layer to it. And in the meantime, maybe throws out a few of the things that pull some of the weeds, if you will. And um, you end up with much better things as these things evolve. And so that was the start of that. Uh, Grant, anything uh, you'd like to add to kind of wrap things up? And uh, Marie, same question to you after Grant's finished. Well, I just, I just want to say, kind of go in with what Marie just said about how it's been, in, it's been fascinating and rewarding to see how the it's evolved over the last twenty, you know, for us the last, you know, forty years. <laughs> it seems like, you know, and yeah, but you know, uh, Marie is one of my one of my mentors. Um, I came on the team uh, while she was one of the co-coaches and and a, a very good friend of mine, which probably people have heard of, Stacy Garish, <laughs> mentioned something at one of the children's task forces uh, meetings in uh, Keystone, is that we stand on the shoulders of giants. And... Excuse me. But that's the way I feel. Because there were so many foundational people. I'm sorry, George. No need to apologize. That inspired me and, and got to me where I am now. Marie, Allison Clayton, Alexandra, Marty Harrison, Jim Helt, Danny Sutherland that um, I just can't say how appreciative I am of them and to see to see their legacy where it is now like in the in the latest manual is very uh, very important to me um, now I'm done <laughs> And Marie, what a compliment to have Grant say that you're a mentor of his when you're 30 years younger than he is. Yeah, right. <laughs> 30 days. Oh, excuse me. Um, uh, 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 yeah, well, I and I so agree with Grant that the whole journey through through the world of ski instruction was full of fantastic mentors 
fantastic collaborators, um, people that helped me grow. And, and I think one of the things that um, we learned through the process of, of being on the junior education team, so we had these great opportunities to do, the, to do symposiums where we not only had the, um, had the motivation to come up with fantastic stuff to present, but each one of those events were collaborations or we were facilitators and the people that attended, we, we learned so much from because the kids instructors out there in, in the world were such creative, wonderful, inspiring people that even though we were supposedly the, you know, experts in the field, we learned so much from everyone. And I think that that's the, the biggest part of the greatest thing about how that all came about is mentorship, collaboration, and learning from not only the kids that we taught, but from the instructors that taught them. Grant, I want to thank you for your honesty and, and just showing your emotion and how much this means to you. Very much appreciated. And I want to thank both of you for taking the time to visit with us on First Chair. Grant Nakamura, Marie Russell Shaw, really enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you, George. Thanks, George. From the PSIA AASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.